You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or any platform of your choosing or share it with someone who might find this episode helpful. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, Strong Runner Chicks. To those of you listening, I am super excited to welcome Natalie Pertz to the show. Uh, Natalie is actually an athlete that I work with. Um, I do offer coaching for those that are interested, taking on a few new um, new athletes in the new year. And it's been just a joy as I share working with Natalie. She's an incredible human and highly motivated in her athletic journey just as well. So we've had a great time working together, accomplishing a lot. Uh, Natalie goes by the she, her pronoun. She's an arts administrator and ultramarathoner currently based in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Her perfect day would begin with strong coffee and early hours spent frolicking in the woods, followed by a good meal and great company. Outside of her full-time gig and education at the Krieger Museum, Natalie is also a cat mom pursuing her master's degree. Since finishing her first 5K at the Iris Run for Refugees in 2017, she has run over 40 races, most notably the JFK 50 Mile in 2021, just this past November, and the Marine Corps Marathon during the downpour humidity cocktail of 2019. Hide of a rhino, heart of a fairy, as Natalie will say. So um, she's really well-spoken. I just highly encourage you to listen to this episode. Um, So much in here was relatable, was advice that I even needed to hear um, just about getting involved in our communities as runners and continuing to uh, find that sort of balance between um, pushing ourselves and, you know, seeking more versus kind of taking time off and knowing when to uh, give ourselves grace as Natalie shares. So hope you enjoy this one. Be sure to leave a review. That would be the biggest uh, pre-birthday gift you could give me. My birthday is coming up this month and uh, the biggest happy new year gift. We would absolutely love a five-star review. If you enjoy these episodes, Um, a little comment would be wonderful. And of course, um, if you have any suggestions, topics, guests you would like to see on the show, please let us know. We are going to be launching our Health as a Foundation for Performance series coming right up, um, sponsored by Athlete Blood Test. And that will be starting up next week. Um, That is our goal, at least. So we'll be getting a good series of episodes there all about health as a foundation to performance. And in the meantime, of course, listen to Natalie and um, stay tuned for more athletes that we'll be featuring on as well. So have a wonderful day and hope you enjoy this one. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. It's Megan on today, and I am joined by Natalie Pertz, who is, um, well, she's an athlete that I have the privilege of training and working with. And Natalie, I was actually just checking back because it feels like we've worked together for a long time now. I thought at least a year. And I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, it's only been since April. So I um, really have just enjoyed these past several months, and I can't believe all you've accomplished in the time we've worked together. Uh, Natalie recently ran her first 50 miler, the JFK 50 in November. So just about a few weeks ago, really about a month ago. And uh, she also had a really strong finish earlier in the year 
at the Boulder Field 50K. I guess I say earlier in the year, maybe earlier in the quarter three or something. Um, we're losing track of time here, but she's had a number of accomplishments, both in the time we worked together and also just in life. She's moved, um, moved states. She started a new job. She's been working through grad school. And uh, so just really excited to have her on the show. And Natalie, welcome. Welcome. Thank on. you. Thank yeah. you. I'm excited to be here. My first podcast. Oh yeah. I, I always laugh because sometimes I try to talk up guests in my own words and I'm like, let me just go on now for five minutes. And they're sitting there like, when do I get to talk? So, <laughs> um, yes. Thank you for sitting through that. And like I said, we'll have your, your bio read beforehand. So folks can get to know you that way. They can follow you on social, uh, social media, and of course, follow along with your, your running journey here today. So I wanted to first just kind of ask you, how do you describe yourself? Natalie Pertz in a nutshell, essentially, like who are you as a person? And then we'll get into running specifically. I think there's a part of me that has uh, always described myself as a bit of an energizer bunny, so to speak. I, I am at my happiest when I have quite a few different things on my plate. I like the challenge of the juggle most of the time. You know, that being said, the pandemic has been tough for everybody, but the, the, the pandemic as someone that loves variety and loves getting out and about was particularly tricky to adjust to. Um, I take a lot of pride in my ability to work hard and, and really grind on whether that's I started in classical ballet and, and, and in theater or in school and transitioning into running. So taking a lot of pride in working hard, but also feeling like, I think if you spoke to a lot of people in my life throughout the years, a superpower is my optimism, uh, is, is my ability to see the glass as half full and take things seriously, but also always have a moment to laugh and, you know, recognize what is not within my control. So seeing that optimism is a superpower as well. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I'm even thinking your superpowers, how they, I've just seen those play out in running too, and in your races and the way you handle setback or challenge. So yeah, really, really cool. And, uh, I just, yeah, I wanted to dive in a little bit more to like, I guess, like who, yeah, how you kind of found your way into the sport of running and maybe that's a reflection of who you are, vice versa, but yeah. How did you initially get started into running? So even as a kid, I wasn't really in any organized sports, almost exclusively the arts, but I grew up on a farm and for as long as I can remember I wanted to be outside playing, you know, back then it was capture the flag. We had a great front and backyard, super expansive freeze tag, um, running quick little races just for fun with, you know, anybody who is over and just enjoying the feeling of that push. But it wasn't until college that I really ever consistently was running and 
In college, it was the treadmill. It was honestly two to three days a week. It was a 5K and just to keep moving. And I, and I started to feel that whether or not it ever needed to be more than a 5K, I always felt a little bit better afterwards. Like whatever that assignment was weighing on my back, whatever that performance was coming up, Somehow at the end of that three miles on the treadmill, it all felt a little more bearable. And that continued post-college when I took my first big girl job, moved to Connecticut, didn't know a soul. One of the first things I did was join the YMCA, kept my treadmill going. And uh, one of my coworkers at the time who has since become a dear, dear friend kept seeing me at the Y getting on the treadmill for a 5k multiple times a week at the Y at the Y at the Y. And one day she just looked at me and said, you know what you should do? You should do a 5k race with me. I have this great 5k coming up. I really think you'll enjoy getting out, meeting new people. You know, it's for this great cause. And the rest was history. You know, we, we didn't start together in this race. And I just remember the energy as someone that's always gotten so much energy from being in communication with other people, the energy of, you know, being passed by people and passing people, affirming other people, acknowledging people on the sidelines, exhaling together at the end, you know, that was the first time for me where I thought, wow, I think this is a sport. And as someone that's not dismissed myself as an athlete, but never considered myself one, like, I think this is something I could enjoy in a lot of different ways. And after that first 5k, you know, again, this, this friend, it really started with this friend. Well, how about a 10k? No, what about a half? two or three halves oh. <laughs> and then a full marathon. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, 50 miles. So that's, it really started with friendship and this desire to just see, you know, if I could give a little bit more. I love it. Yeah. I love hearing about just how it, how it just started from something like a little bit of a habit you had going there or kind of a routine and someone else seeing that in you and being like, Hey, let's challenge that a little more and get outside. And yeah, I think about it too. You're like, Oh, I'm running on the treadmill this whole time. But I imagine what was it like to go from running on the treadmill to then, you know, getting exposed to races and group runs and being outdoors and trying out new paths or trails. Yeah. I, the pacing was one of like, when you say that question, that's the first thing that comes to mind is learning how to pace myself and trusting my own inner pace, I would say was one of the first hardest things because as someone that enjoys experimenting with pace, definitely not my strong suit and what I would do on the treadmill back in the Y days was just every 30 seconds, every minute or so, get a little faster, get a little faster, get a little faster. Um, but how does that translate when it's just me and my body? Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. 
what's compelling me forward is, is me and my body, right? There is no longer a machine separating me from the ground. And there was something really beautiful about that, but also humbling, I would say. So I think in those first, particularly those first initial races, the excitement of faster, faster, faster was definitely what compelled me, but recognizing that in order to make these paces sustainable, there has to be this balance of, oh, what's it, when you say easy day, what does an easy day mean? And, you know, when you say, I mean, workout is something that I, I just started to learn what, what a workout can look like, but, oh, that there needs to be a balance of the two in order to really become the strongest version of myself. That was, I, mm-hmm. I would say that the hardest um, transition was getting a sense of inner pace and looking away from a watch and looking away from the treadmill and trusting that on any given day, that easy pace and that hard pace is going to look and feel fairly different yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. A lot of, a lot more effort based too. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's super unique and interesting because a lot of runners I know come from the background of not having the treadmill and then the treadmill is this extra thing, right? Or this, like, it's sort of like, oh, now you're kind of, uh, your pace is like judged by this piece of equipment that is setting the pace for you. At least that's how I feel sometimes, but it sounds like your treadmill runs too, were just a series of progression runs. <laughs> like you must be really, now I'm realizing that like, oh yeah, that's why Natalie likes progression runs. Yep, <laughs> You've yep. been doing those your whole life or your whole running career. Like, yeah. And to this day, I don't, you know, you know, I do not dislike bopping over to a treadmill once, yeah. you know, once a yeah. week or whatever. That's, that's fine by me. It's, it's almost, yeah. it's a change of terrain among other is. things. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Were there any, um, early on, like for anyone that's just getting into running or maybe their family or friend is they're trying to kind of pull them along to a new year's race, any sort of like maybe mistakes you made or, you know, lessons learned early on that you maybe would, uh, advice you'd kind of share with a newbie runner. Yeah, I'll start with when I think about one of the, what remains one of my favorite parts of running is being in community with other people. And I think that can have a lot of advantages, but it can also present challenges, particularly when you're getting started. I remember, and I, and I haven't been at this for that long, but you know, when you first find a community of runners and there's so much excitement and a whole lot of newness there, I didn't necessarily feel like I had the confidence in myself as a runner just yet when say we're running on a Wednesday and somebody says, Hey, you know, there's a run tomorrow morning and a run on Friday and there's a race I'm going to do Saturday. Developing the confidence in myself to say, that's okay. I don't need to be doing all of those things with you to be a part of this community, or it's okay if I want to run by myself one or two times a week, Um, there's still some magic there. So developing that trust 
in yourself to learn when to say no was harder for me when to say rein it in a little bit um because even more recently on the flip side I would say running is beautiful in that there's space for all of us there there's space for me when I need to be doing a 10 minute mile because you know for whatever I don't need to justify that pace but today it's a 10 minute mile maybe three days from now I feel great and it's a 730 mile um knowing that those easy days need to be those easy days and you know I have friends that are faster than me and I feel like I'm constantly chasing them and I have friends where I'm aware I'm that person so if there is a day where it needs to be an easy day for me, knowing that probably what's in my best interest and the best interest of that friend is saying, hey, I'm actually going to go solo today because, you know, this, this is what I need to get out of my run. And I know most likely, like, your easy pace is not mine today. So, so let's, you know, let's do our own thing for today. Um, and, and that approaching things with that transparency has definitely been a work in progress, particularly moving into another Mm -hmm. new community and recreating, um, jumping into some, some new groups of runners. That's a whole idea there. Yeah. I, (laughs) I love it that you almost struggle with this balance of, you know, Hey Megan, there's another group run or race or something going on. Can I say yes? And it's like, well, yeah, I just want to say yes. Cause most runners really, I think we tend to like speaking for us all, but I see more runners that kind of isolate themselves or put themselves in this box of like, Oh no, this is what I have to do today. I can't accommodate to run with these people. You know, I see that a lot more or, you know, the flip side of like, they're nervous to go on a group run and they talk Mm -hmm. themselves out of it and have trouble saying yes. So I think it's amazing that you have trouble saying no to these. And I, I wish I had that problem too. I, I just, yeah, I commend you for that. I almost don't think there's enough, surprisingly out in Colorado, there's not enough group runs sometimes mm. to, to have that. But, um, I, I love that that's, you know, a challenge that you've over, I don't want to say overcome, but like continue to work at. And also that just goes to show, I think your focus on community and you've spoken about that a little bit about how you get energized by others and lifting them up. And I want to dive into that. Like what role has community played throughout your running career? So I grew up in Ohio, one place. And essentially since then, I have not lived in the same place for more than, you know, between a year and a half and three or four years. So And that's a path I've chosen professionally to follow the opportunity to, uh, you know, a a piece of your career that is important to you. So this, this transplant, again, this, this bop around can, can definitely be exhausting. And especially the older you get, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm 30 years old and I am an extrovert, but I feel like it's tricky to make friends as an adult. Um, 
and to start from square one, especially as every, you know, everybody is on their cell phones, on their laptops these days. And I've found mm -hmm. that running has really been that through line from place to place mm -hmm. has been this common language, you know, despite it could be a different climate. It could be, you know, a big city for the first time, super small town. And even if it isn't an organized run, I can I've got a feeling I can guarantee that I could find you two or three runners, at least in any community throughout this country. And, and that has been my experience is, you know, I may have never met this engineer or <laughs> most recent example in DC, these government employees otherwise, and here we are doing laps and burpees with one another. And then, you know, you end up spending time on the weekends, going to the movies or having dinner or what have you. So it's been this beautiful through line to not only different professional backgrounds, different ages. I mean, some of my closest friends because of this sport are decades older than me or are yeah. just out of college. Um, and there's something really beautiful about that. It's the great equalizer to get out there and you know, get a little red in the face and sweaty and breathe heavily and accomplish this shared goal together. So it's, it's, it's been a beautiful through line that the community that this sport has, has given me. Yeah. Well said. I think that the term through line, I feel like is so, um, so relevant to me as well, just having moved so much and how running is this sort of through line or thread throughout that kind of weaves along wherever you go, like you said, you can find a community somewhere. And I really, really love that. And just looking back the past few months, you had moved from Connecticut to um, DC. And I wanted to ask, what has that journey been like? Just shifting with kind of with moving and like these big life changes you've had, I mean, taking this new full-time job and, and how you've been able to balance running with that. Yeah, I would I would be lying to say that it's been easy. It's, um, you know, every day is, is an opportunity, but it's, it's also a challenge. I would say that it was really important to me from the get-go in moving to DC to put myself out there as it pertains to running because from my past experiences, I had this confidence that, you know, you may not make your best friend in, in this situation right away, and you shouldn't, but I've got a feeling that if you put yourself out there again, Natalie, um, with this group or that group, you know, whether it be Pacers running or November project to two communities that I've found some good connections in, you know, if you put yourself out there, odds are there's going to be some good people there that are going to help you, you know, whether it's on the run or afterwards, help you navigate this new space. And whether or not 
as runners in a new space, we're literally saying to each other, you're never alone. You can navigate this new healthcare system. You can navigate this new housing market. You can apply for one more job. I think what's unspoken sometimes when you show up at 6.20 a.m. to work out at the Lincoln Memorial with total strangers, um, what's unspoken there when you're shoulder to shoulder, when you high five at the end, when you push your limits is we can do hard things together. And most of us are not from here and you never really are alone. So experiencing that and then taking that energy and going back to my apartment, going into that interview um, has been super helpful. Oh, yeah. Well said. I'm like, there we go. We got the podcast right there. <laughs> I just, I couldn't have said it better there. I just love that. And as you're speaking, I'm like, yes, this is, I think this, this is the advice we all need in these times where regardless of whether you've made a move across the country or taken a new job, which so many people have in the last two years, right? The stats are alarming um, in a good way, exciting, but myself included in there. I think it's just like, it can seem so daunting at times and so easy. I think COVID has just with the hermit in me. I mean, we all have a hermit in us somewhere. I think it's just made it really easy to say, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to stay home because it's safe. But the way you're speaking, it's like, yes, there is a way we can do this still and this safely right outdoors. I mean, running is one of the, I think, best things we can do at this time to stay connected with others and still be able to have this outlet to meet new people. And like you said, if you don't walk away with your best friend, the first time you go to a group run, I mean, that's right. not going to happen, right? It's about showing up consistently and continuing to put yourself out there and knowing that it might happen. One of these days you might click with someone new, right. Or mm -hmm. connect with someone outside of, um, that, you know, specific run itself. So I love that. Thank you for, for opening up and just sharing about how I think how your experience has been, especially because I think others could relate to this listening. And um, you would said there too, like post, you know, some people are fresh out of college and for the first time they're needing to put themselves out there and make adult friends. And that can be scary too. So remember Natalie's advice <laughs> for those listening. Um, one topic I really do want to make sure we get to that I had put on here that we we have to talk about is your first 50 since you just <laughs> congratulations just did that last month. So I wanted to just switch gears to make sure we get to all that surrounded the 50. I mean, from deciding to run the 50 to maybe apprehensions you had to how you, you decided on JFK specifically, and then, um, you know, any kind of post-race reflection. So maybe we start there. Like, how did you decide to run? How does one decide to run 50 miles? <laughs> so it started, the ultra idea started somewhere in 2020. I started to see all of these races getting canceled and pretty much accepted it. I'd say 95% of me accepted it. Uh, and when all the road races were getting canceled, I was looking at the calendar and thought, well, what are the controllables? What do I have right now? And I realized that I still had 
a core group of friends that I enjoyed running with safely. And I also had this beautiful trail community in Connecticut at the time. So long story short, uh, I ended up completing my first ultra unofficially on my 29th birthday. I did 29 miles in the woods with the support of some friends and it was a blast. And then that turned into, I felt pretty strong throughout this. This was a lot of fun. I was eating M&Ms. We were chit-chatting the whole time. I'm out in nature. Signed up for my first 50K in February of the following year, February, 2021. There was a sheet of ice and snow. It was New Jersey in February. And I knew going into that 50K that it would be challenging as ultras, I've got a feeling always are in a very specific, different way. So walking into that 50K, I told myself for some reason, you know, if you feel okay by the end of this 50K, if you are not in a ton of pain and also what is typically most important for me is if mentally you still feel like you're in a pretty positive, pretty strong place and you cross that line, you know what would be a fun way to get to know your new home of DC? The JFK 50 mile. I didn't know much about it, to be honest. I had heard Camille Heron had won it the fall before, and she's one of the few ultra runners that I really knew and followed at the time. And I had heard that um, it's the oldest ultra marathon in the country. And it's for all intents and purposes, right outside of Washington, DC. So what a great way to have a structure to transition to this new place, get to know new people and have this adventure along the way. And so finished that 50K, had a great time with a friend, slushing around in the snow and literally the day that registration opened for the JFK 50 mile, my name was on that roster because I was ready for that next adventure. Yes. You were in. <laughs> <laughs> literally in as long as I would pay the registration. Fee. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, all right, here we go. We're, here we go. It's official now leading up to it, right. The next steps of thinking, okay, what is training? Like, how do I, you know, I mean, it's 20 something miles more, right. Than you're well around 20, roughly maybe 18, but still it's a substantial yeah. upgrade from the 50 K, um, you know, especially time on feet and such. So how did you think about, all right, now I'm going to go into this next phase and, you know, were there any sort of doubts that popped up throughout training or any maybe highs and lows along the way? Yeah, I would say the first big thing I thought about was I have a, enough different things on my life plate, so to speak right now. I need another human as a sounding board throughout this process. And that was when I really knew, okay, post 50K, I want to get a coach. Um, and that that coach doesn't have to be physically in my community, but I want someone that I feel can be available, you know, to answer 
my texts the night before where I say, oh, I just looked at this thing and it doesn't make sense to me. Or, you know, what kind of pace could I comfortably safely sometimes do when I'm also asking my body to do another run of 10 plus miles the next day. So knowing almost immediately one of those first big steps was finding a coach and making sure they were the right person and finding you, which was, which has been, continues to be um, very helpful as a sounding board for these bigger, crazier goals that I've enjoyed taking on. Um, I would say another thing again, to go back to pace in starting to think about these distances that I've never taken my body to before. So how does pace factor into, especially when you're out on a trail, how does pace change when there's rocks and roots and, and you inevitably fall and, you know, get a little dirty out there and the weather's going to do what the weather's going to do. So what does pace now look like? Um, and the balance in my own mind of embracing not only how do I accept when pace is sometimes out of my control, but also if I'm going to take the time, if I'm going to take months of my life to rise early and try to make this a priority, what does pace look like when I'm a little competitive in an ultra, when I'm pushing myself to be you know, a more exerted version of myself without overdoing it. So face was all pace was also another thing that really factored in. Yeah. I, um, I remember too, you were very, you seem very detail oriented. I think you've shared your horoscope <laughs> sign <laughs> before if you want I'm to I'm a share. Virgo. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, uh, when you first said that, I think we, our first call, you're like, I'm a Virgo, just so you know, <laughs> good to know. I have a few Virgo friends in my corner. So, um, I just always appreciate your detail too. And sort of like you are able to appreciate the big picture and look at it glass half full, but also kind of distill down those details that are needed. And I think that's like such a hidden talent for ultra running, especially to remember like how much fuel to take in or how to pace yourself, how much water, um, kind of thinking about those along the way and breaking down that course, like you did for the JFK. So just a few things I wanted to add there that I thought, yeah, you have those as well. And, um, you really, yeah, just kind of took the rain by the horns or whatever that saying is totally butchered that saying, but I think you just jumped into it full force too. And, um, I didn't know if the Boulder, Boulder, Boulder field, Field. yep, (laughs) 50k, if you wanted to share anything about that, since that was such different terrain to run through all those boulders. Yeah. And, um, one more thing I'll say along the lines of recognizing like if there are others out there that recognize they are fairly detail oriented people I have learned for myself as a runner there is a fine line for me between getting joy out of the details and obsessing over them and for me with pace I really, you know, working with my coach, working with you, Megan, to say, 
hey, I think it's going to help me tone down my detail-oriented brain a little bit if we go by X percentage of effort for this workout. Like if you tell me a percentage for effort, rather than you telling me between this pace and this pace numerically, it's going to work out better for me because I know that I'm going to spend less of my time glancing at my watch every few seconds. And that definitely plays into how much I am or am not in the moment and enjoying myself or pushing myself. Um, so I just wanted to, oh, yeah, to add that point of, I was there. thinking about that this morning, even on my, I did a workout this morning and was probably a good, I don't know, 40 seconds off or 30 seconds off what should quote unquote, like mm -hmm. what I thought I should be at my pace, but I had to just not even, yeah, just throw that out the window because it was gusty winds and it was, you know, a workout on trail and there was a little bit of elevation. So that versus like a beautiful sunny day at sea level, you know, just running, feeling great. I think you, yeah, we have to give ourselves grace and understand that effort will differ and you can certainly get to the same like still accomplish those big goals you have for yourself too mm -hmm. with that new approach. So Boulder field was September and yeah. we really, otherwise, I mean, I did a 5k when I first moved to DC on the road, but otherwise this season it's been the Boulder field 50k mm -hmm. and then JFK. And for me having a few races throughout the, the year. I know every runner is different and I have a few friends that do races every weekend and that's their, their joy with running. For me, I get the most enjoyment from these peaks in my calendar. Um, I think there's, there's an added layer of excitement there that from my experience so far does inform how I perform. Um, Boulder Field, I had a feeling, though I had done one official 50K before, again, it was that ice and snow. I just had a sense that it would be unlike any anything else I'd done. And it was. Um, I did not, knowing that it would be a whole new world, so to speak. I did not really set a time goal for myself. My prior 50K PR was so its own thing because it was ice and snow, because you are wearing yak tracks, um, because I was spending too much time at the aid stations, enjoying myself chatting with my friend. Um, and so lining up for Boulder Field, I knew, you know, I'm going to see how this goes, but I'm also standing on this start line, ready to give myself grace if things crash and burn, because this is so unlike anything I've ever done and good for you for trying something new. Um, I will say that at the beginning of my running career, I was very much a, I would love to have music or a podcast in my ears at all times while I'm running runner. And so I had my headphones on ready to, you know, rock out sporadically throughout the Boulder field 50 K. And I found 
because it was so technical for me from where I was coming from, the music very quickly became noise. And one of the biggest points of pride was, and this definitely prepared me for JFK, uh, one of the biggest points of pride was being able to enjoy the company of my own head and that silence and my breath for about three quarters of that 50K. I, I tried a few times, I tried to go back to those habits of, and it's nothing against music, but you know, wow, I'd really love some Elton John right now. Click. Oh, no, I'm going to wipe out and fall on my butt. Back to the silence, total focus. And uh, being in a race that demanded my total concentration, being a foot in front of me at all times was a different challenge. Um, and coming from the road of the world of road where, you know, a, a good race for me was maybe somewhere in the 730, 830 range per mile. And suddenly you're, you're literally in a field full of boulders and it's an 11 minute pace. It's a 1230 pace. Cause guess what? You're not looking at your watch because if you look at your watch, you're going to fall off the boulders all around you. Um, and there's, there's something there that requires all of you mentally and all of you physically that is, is very liberating. So I ended up, yeah, I shed a lot of time off of my 50K PR, but I think the biggest wins for me were embracing that isolation in a way of being alone with my mind, being comfortable with myself in the woods and, you know, enjoying the journey. You put that well, I think, especially just fully, fully immersing yourself in the experience. And, you know, I, I often forget about that. And it sounds silly if I'm on a treadmill, I love music because it's a treadmill, but <laughs> If I'm running, odds are like on a trail, I'm like so highly alert that I just don't usually, uh, usually have music, but I forget sometimes athletes I work with often are like, oh, this race doesn't allow music. And, you know, I think you answered there why that is a lot of trail races don't specifically for that reason for, you know, you could fall off the boulder. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta know when there's wildlife or when mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, other factors out there to pay attention to. And I think just, it can take away too, in some sense of, of full experience, especially mm -hmm. in the, the trail or ultra world. So really, really cool that you were able to just like let the headphones go for that, you know, that experience and fully immerse yourself. So yeah, that's, and shut some time off <laughs> Boulder field. Definite bonus. I remember you said that it really lived up to the name and I'm sure it did. So if anyone likes running on boulders, try the Boulder field 50 K. <laughs> to be clear, it was more like skipping, skip hopping. Yeah standing assessing. Yeah. Yeah. It probably made JFK feel very, uh, I don't know. There were some technical parts, right. To that mm -hmm. AT. Do you have any, um, I guess any parting words as we sort of come to our closing, uh, along the lines of your first 50 your ultras, especially for those listening that maybe have never done one before. 
I think if you are excited by, motivated by, inspired by the thought of doing an ultra, register for one within reason. I will be the first to say, I love having big, crazy goals, but I also never would want anyone to hurt themselves. So, you know, set those checkpoints to checkpoints to that big, crazy goal along the way. And if you are really excited, really inspired by that ultra and you put it on the calendar, I truly believe you're going to make it happen. You're going to put in the time to prepare for it. And the preparation in my mind is where it's at, you know, that day to day, that weird random Thursday morning where it's drizzling rain and, you know, maybe you got a little bit of imperfect sleep or you had one or two beers with your friends and you're feeling it, um, making the decision to rise on those days is going to be easier if you really are inspired and excited about that ultra. And that's where in my mind, like, that's where the work is. That's where the bread and butter is. And then the ultra itself, of course, it's hard. And mine so far has been challenging unlike anything I've ever done, but that's the celebration. That's where, again, to bring it back to community, you're in community with all of these other humans from every walk of life that are coming from all over the country that also, hopefully most of them rose on those Thursday drizzly mornings. Like that's where you get to do this together. And I think the trail community is really exceptional in that way of finding space for everybody. And as soon as you show up, really making you feel like you've always been a part of that community and you're gonna get through it together. So if you're inspired and excited by the idea of an ultra, go for it. Yes. <laughs> There's our <laughs> nightly motivation from, uh, or morning motivation, maybe when you're listening from Natalie. <laughs> so I love that. If you're excited by it, go for it. Like if it even, and I've been listening to that. I mean, this is on a whole other spectrum, but some runners too feel like they have to sign up for this race or they have to do something. And I think if it doesn't bring you joy, and if yep. you're thinking about it for or feeling it sort of, um, I'm doing this in life too, like better about it. If you get asked to do something running or not, and you're not excited about it two, three days later, still not excited about it. I mean, don't do it. Like do if it. you can get out of it, don't, mm -hmm. don't go for that race. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, like you said, runners don't have to sign up for a race every weekend to be a runner. Like you can, anyone can be a runner and, you put this so beautifully too. I was just reading your running application, like the questionnaire that we did at the beginning of working together. And you said, I refuse to believe that a true runner is defined by running X miles or days per week or looks a particular way. I love that everyone has their own unique running journey and don't allow someone else's plan to be a point of doubt or intimidation. I'm also good at remaining positive on the run. You're talking about your strengths here, but you're highlighting just this beautiful 
uh, you know, voice that is, I think our sport and how we can be more accepting of others. And the fact that you were getting energized by other runners and considering how to volunteer and be a part of groups. So just well said (laughs) anyway. Thank you. Yeah. I read that over and was like, this needs to be quoted somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Quote yourself there. Um, I want to jump into, as we kind of wrap up here, what's bringing you joy outside of the sport of running? And Mm -hmm. as you look ahead to the new year, and again, you're welcome to share running goals or life goals. Is there anything that you're excited for? Coming off of Christmas, I will 1000% say that what's bringing me joy is being able to spend a little time with my family as, as someone that again has lived away from their original home for some time. As I get older, the ability to gather with, you know, whether it's family or dear friends in an authentic way on the run is one thing, but then to be able to just sit and enjoy someone's company, sit and talk, sit and enjoy a great meal. I come from a larger than life Sicilian family and um, the, the passing of bread, the breaking of bread is very important to me. So all of that, you know, and I'm reminded whenever I'm able to gather in small groups right now, right, with um, those that are are very dear to my heart, it it rejuvenates me like nothing else. Um, I'm also a cat mom to two adorable <laughs> kitty cats. <laughs> but if anyone would follow me on social media, they would frequently see those cats cat making an appearance. Life. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen either of them. <laughs> oh, they've they've been here. You just yeah, yeah. you just haven't seen them. Um, So, so my cats and I do, and it doesn't have to be on the run. I do enjoy what it is to get to know a new space. Yes, it comes with its its challenges, but I am enjoying, I mean, DC, even in a pandemic, Washington DC has got no shortage of arts and culture and natural beauty, three things that are very important to me. So taking advantage of these free museums around me, um, getting to know new people, wandering down an unfamiliar street while the sun is out, just in case my mom listens. Um, <laughs> all of that has has also been a blast. And now having a, a job that, yes, I enjoy and aligns with my personal mission. But again, as I get older. It's a job that I truly believe respects me as an individual, respects my boundaries, um, respects my life outside of work. And to be a part of a team like that is amazing right now is, is, um, super awesome. Well said. Agreed. I, um, Yeah. I think sometimes we forget about, or 
I sort of think dismiss like the impact that work can have on our, don't get me started on that, but our well being. And I think just, I work in that space. Um, but I'd love to know, like for those listening that are like, how do I have this job or what does Natalie do? Um, do you want to share a little bit about your work and why you're passionate about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the, the head of education at a small arts museum here in Washington, D.C. called the Krieger Museum, and it was once a private residence and has since become this jewel of a museum in Northwest D.C. And this was a big shift for me. This was a shift from mostly a career in theater and the performing arts, um, and it was after a long job search, after months of, frankly, more than a few days of, you know, this job doesn't feel, I was just offered this job. It is a job. It doesn't feel right. But the promise of not having to apply for more jobs is so strong. So it, this, this was months. This was the product of months of um, refusing to give up. And so if anyone feels, you know, I don't think, I think the dream job is overblown for a lot of us. And at this point in my life, right, if I'm doing something that makes me happy, that isn't leaving me more spent and negative at the end of the day, that's a good job. So I would encourage people to keep looking, to not settle. Um, again, it's not necessarily that dream job, but trust the people in your life, trust the connections in your life. You know, if someone knows someone else who is a good person and does something in your line of work, look into that recommendation start a conversation. Um, don't settle. Again, I, I, I doubt most listening to this podcast would because I've got a feeling most of us are runners and that often attracts a certain kind of mindset, but life is too short. And so, you know, keep having those conversations, keep returning to yourself and asking, what do I want? How can I get through each day without feeling totally spent and negative? Well That's said. We get some uh, career advice from you too. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm floored. It was more, more so me giving that to myself the last couple months. Thank you. Sometimes I feel like I pull questions out of people, but you just <laughs> like, can we just have the interviews all be with Natalie? I'm kidding. We love everyone that's been on the show, but you know, some people are more just you, you've clearly thought through some of these, which I just really appreciate. Um, when it comes to advice you would give, so you gave some great advice there, but I, I don't want to deprive you of this question. Um, any advice you would give looking back to your younger self, maybe just getting started with running? Yeah, I think something I tell myself continue to tell myself quite a bit today at 30 that would also apply to the start of my running career is 
give yourself grace. Don't forget to give yourself grace. Um, and the grace, you know, I think I don't mean in, in the religious spiritual sense as much as give yourself light. Like, you know, there, we all have a lot going on right now. You have a lot going on right now. So why not take the time to celebrate the little moments and the big ones? And when you inevitably drop a ball, you know, when you inevitably miss a workout or initially say that you will, you will meet that group to run, but that one day you're just too tired or it was a rough day. That's okay. There's always another run. There's always another day. And being able to hit that reset to give yourself grace in the long run, for me, at least it makes it sustainable. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Remembering that we still have a life ahead of us and time to come around. It doesn't all have to happen at once. Mm -hmm. So I think it's especially valuable. We'll release this sometime in the early new year as we're transitioning. This is like the perfect I think the perfect episode for kind of the new year transition, just to think about what you want to make happen. And while it, it's wonderful to have these big goals, right. That we want to work towards or these new groups we want to go to, you don't have to do it all in one day or one week. You have the whole time ahead of you. So yeah, all said. Um, last question I have for you is what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? I thought about this ahead of time and I told you I did because uh, I love the way this question is phrased. And I think I landed on being a strong runner chick means to me taking the time to pause and celebrate the strong and I, I was thinking of the strong as the strong workouts, the strong races, yes, but also the strong lessons. So taking the time to celebrate the strong before looking ahead, as we inevitably do, but before looking ahead to the next thing. Yes, yes. We can all take that time. I think now as we celebrate, just celebrate the past year. And even if it was a hard year, it was a hard year. I think for a lot of us, for all of us in some ways, like there are things or accomplishments or successes, however small worth celebrating mm -hmm. and spending some time on that before you're, you know, already thinking 2022 or new year, or just putting it past you. Remember to take that time and so well said too, at the end of a season to think about all of those accomplishments and little wins along the way. And I think you did a wonderful job of celebrating JFK and, you know, basking in that energy before moving on to thinking about new goals and next year and maybe Boston and maybe Chicago, yeah. definitely Chicago. <laughs> so in Rhode Island. So maybe we'll see you at one of those. <laughs> if anyone's listening, going to one of those big marathons, you may see Natalie there. 
Um, any other parting words or ways for listeners to connect with you? I think my brain is almost all out yeah. of words okay. again. I did want to ask community. Yeah. Yeah. No, just ahead. in terms of if someone's listening and they're in DC, what do you recommend in terms of group runs? Ooh. Anything you'd say, oh, you have to visit this place. Yes. Honestly, November project in DC, I am not the kind of person that would do a burpee by myself nor did I really understand what a high intensity interval training workout could look like before November project. And it's more than running, but that community is all over the city and is very, is a great model of trying to be on the ground in community all around the city. Um, and you both work hard together, but then they do a great job of making sure there are moments to play hard together too. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's a PR day happy hour, mm -hmm. which happens once, once a month or mm -hmm. a, you know, come in your ugliest sweater and win a silly prize. So November project DC would be definitely towards the top of the list. Um, for trail running, the Virginia Happy Trail Runners Club. Happy trail runners. That's fun. <laughs> Happy, yeah. yeah. And they have a, a contingency within that for the D.C. area called the Wolf Pack. I would find the Wolf Pack, uh, their Facebook group is very active. And the, they posted a few Saturday long runs about um, in Maryland and in Virginia, where you could not only meet new people, but explore a new and beautiful and unusual place. And then oftentimes, of course, as <laughs> trail runners sometimes do, you know, things end at a brewery. And so you can, you know, exchange phone numbers with someone you didn't know and hopefully go on a run after the fact. So the wolf pack that's a part of Virginia Happy Trail Runners Club. And then finally, I would also say um, Pacers is a running store that is all over the city of DC. So understanding that this is the kind of place where not everyone has a car, mm -hmm. um, understanding that the concept of running could be intimidating. They do a nice job of presenting multiple distances, of having themed runs every once in a while, of culminating with a cookie or a beer. So looking at a Pacers store near you would also be a great, great way to start. Oh, thank you. Thank you <laughs> for everyone that's listening that lives in or is visiting DC. Go check these clubs out. These are, they all sound like such welcoming communities. And I'm like wishing I, you know, was in DC to get a uh, I just wrote down, look into November projects in uh, Colorado. That's one group I have not, yes. I was a part of in Portland and Minneapolis previously, but have not yet checked it out here. So very excited. And anywhere you go, it seems like November project is a pretty good, uh, you know, welcoming and kind group mm -hmm. of people. So 
Um, thank you so much for joining me, Natalie, and sharing all of your wise words with our community. I encourage everyone listening to reach out to Natalie or don't overload her by reaching out, but maybe <laughs> go follow her on, you know, the, the gram for some cat pictures and, um, you know, reach out for sure if you're in DC or if you want to connect with her in uh, maybe a meaningful way. So thank you again for joining us and hope everybody has a wonderful evening, weekend or morning or day, whatever time of day you're tuning in. So thank you. It was fun. All right. Thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at strong run chicks.